Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. No truer words have ever been spoken, in our opinion. Welcome, That's right. <laughs> welcome to another edition of Emil Franzing's Voices of the West. I'm Harry Alexander with Bunker de France, and in Los Angeles, it's Todd Roberts. Howdy. Hello. And there ain't no shyster lawyers around here. No, not around here. No shysters. No, no, no. Today it's uh, it's Movie Saturday, yeah. and that means that we're at the, uh, at the White Bijou. Stallion Ranch. Oh, the White Stallion just north Bijou. Of, yeah, <laughs> just north of Tucson. Uh, the, streaming live from the White Stallion Ranch. They're one the of our sponsors. White yeah, this is a this is quite a place. If you uh, have ever wanted to become uh, <clears throat> come to a dude ranch. Um, this would be the place to try. And you know, you just if you're lucky and you look around, lurking around, you might just see a couple of henchmen. You know, that's it's possible. It's entirely possible. They call them ranch hands. They, we right. call them henchmen. Right. And uh, Henchman University is uh, about to start here. And that's gonna, true. We're going to be getting some courses going. Yeah, we are. Uh, we uh, got the squint course coming. Squint up. course. That's a, yep. that's an important course. You know, you think about this now. You know, if you look out at the, at the townspeople, and everybody's got their normal eyes, then you look over in the saloon, and the guys are dark, smoky places. Right. And they're all squinting. Yep. Now, you go out there, and here comes the hero with the sidekick. And the sidekick, he's got big, round eyes like a hootie owl. Yep. And so that, you immediately know what status the guy has in the movie. He's either a henchman or a hootie owl sidekick. And the hero, of course, he's steely-eyed and clear-eyed right. and, and got long, fluttery eyelashes. Oh no, that's 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 the wrong that's the wrong movie. <laughs> anyway, we'll be talking about those kinds of things uh, in the in the not too distant future. They're 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 coming up. I uh, trust me. There's also a, another course, Harry, that we need to really make sure that we do because uh, it's a way overlooked to most henchmen, which is the. Oh, well, boss, I didn't know. <laughs> That's every day with a henchman. Are you telling me Papillon Cassidy got took the guns and the gold away from you? Golly, me. what am I paying you for? Exactly. Oh, golly. <laughs> golly. I, there were three I, of them. I didn't know. There were three of them. <laughs> yeah. All I got to say, boss, is you didn't pay me to make decisions. You made me to shoot people in the back. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's enough of that fun. <laughs> uh, today's program, it is Movie Saturday, so that means we talk about a movie or movies or actor and, uh, and or actors. Or horses. Horses, whatever. But or today we're going to do Dean Martin. Dean Martin. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll keep the day job. Um, <laughs> Dean Martin appeared in what, five, five six, maybe ten no, westerns? No, 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 no. More than that? Well, Dependent, he's got 11 solid westerns. Uh, uh, number 12, which is not that solid, that's uh, My Friend Irma Goes West, which was his, their second movie. And he's got Pepe, which he only made a cameo in, which mm -hmm. was, had some ranching and a horse in it in Hollywood. And so 11 solid westerns. All right. Uh I, I gotta. I, I'm gonna tell you straight out. When I see a movie that features Dean Martin in it, I tend not to watch it. Well, that's fair. 
And especially when I see a movie with Frank Sinatra in it, I will not watch it. You never saw Sergeant Street? No. That's a who. I don't. Well, not, it's a it's a remake of Gunga Den. That's I, right. I do not. I do not. Uh, I do not like Frank Sinatra. Oh, I don't need okay. him. I, I mean, he's a, he's a good. Uh, uh, he was he's a good cr- singer, good crooner. No question about that. His acting leaves a lot to be desired, in well, my opinion. You know, he, well, he's I, hot and cold. And suddenly, suddenly yeah. he was awesome. Uh, from here to eternity. Uh, and Johnny Concho, uh, you might want to bring a barf bag. Yeah. But yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I think he's a he's a he's a he's the actor. He is the actor. Whoever uh, is the director. So if you got a great director and he will listen to him he'll put in a good performance i mean i agree with your point in its in its in its overall consciousness harry um but he did win an oscar from here to eternity but as he said i didn't do any acting right i just played all the guys i grew up with in <laughs> in, in 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 new york yeah. but i i argue with that point That's and say acting. that is acting because there's a lot of there's millions of people there's 325 million people in this country and there's only 500 to 600 of them that are making a living as an actor it's hard whether or not you're playing yourself or you're playing other people to convey that on the screen or in a play or a TV to to do it in such a way that people are convinced and believe it Mm -hmm. so it takes a talent to do either one Uh, if you say that he's not a good actor because he was playing himself then we got to throw out Gary Cooper as well, yeah, because he played himself in every role. Yeah, um, but I will tell you that Dirty Dingus McKee is, you know, not something that graces my 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 uh, my DVD shelf, and and there are some that uh, are are subject of discussion today. Dino, um, uh, Dino, uh, Dino Paul Crocetti, uh, that have leaves a lot to be desired. No doubt about it. Now, well, you know, I just want—I just want to comment on Dirty Dingus McGee because I worked on it. Yeah. And I was there, and this is a, this is a strange situation. It it shows you the mercurial nature of Frank Sinatra. He had one picture left obligation with the studio, and he was out with the studio, and the studio was out with him, and they forced him to do it, and but he had it in his contract that. At five o'clock, he was done. He would fly out to the set in a helicopter, and he would arrive at eight o'clock on the dot. And he would leave at five o'clock. And he'd be in the middle of a shot. And there was a guy named Johnny Franco who used to double him. He was a stand-in for him, but he would double him. And he always dressed exactly like him. At five o'clock, right in the middle of a shot, Franco would be watching his watch. He'd, he'd give him the signal. He would walk off the set. Burt Kennedy, one of the nicest men that ever directed a movie that was fair to the Cowboys, loved the stuntmen. He was burdened with this. and But this, it was just Sinatra did not care 
about other people. See, it's that kind of an attitude that really frosts me. Yeah. And, and you know, hey, you put your pants on the same way I do, partner, one leg at a time. I, I used to put mine on two at a time. Well, you know, maybe you're special then. Well, no, you know what I would do? <laughs> this shows you how goofy I am. I would I would take my pants, one, you know, one side in each hand. I would roll back on my back on the bed, thrust my feet up in the air, and scoop the, be- the, the pants over my pant legs. And I did it because everybody else did it one leg at a time. <laughs> just, yeah. just Bunker, did you have a girlfriend in the circus, or how did how did you acquire this talent? He was quite well, bendy. I, I, I did have a girlfriend who was a ballerina, and that's a story in itself. Say no more. Well, we can't, this is a fake. That's a bottle. Of, that's a bottle of tequila right there. Dean, um, Martin, Dean Martin, born uh, in June 1917, Steubenville, Ohio. What a great place to be born, Steubenville. A great place to be from, Ohio. <laughs> Round in the middle and high in the middle. Yeah. Uh, I, I spent uh, a year in Akron one week. But you know what? If you, if you if you you're talking about the West, one of the great periods in the Western expansion, which they don't do much, is the Ohio Valley in that mm-hmm. era. I read a ton of books when I yeah. was in my early twenties. Yeah. That were Western. You know, they were mountain yeah. men type books, yeah. but great, great, great Western area. So Rio Bravo, 1959, uh, John Wayne. Uh, in it, uh, to Howard Hawks' picture. I think I remember going to Old Tucson to see uh, portions of Rio Bravo being, being filmed. Oh, okay. uh, because cool. we had moved here in '59, and I know uh, to Tucson in '59, and I know very shortly after we moved here, we went out to Old Tucson, and there was a production going on, and I know I saw John Wayne. Well, so there you go. Well, boys saw it was shot there. Yes, right. it, was. It, it, it was shot there, and um, I would argue this might be Dean Martin's best western. Uh, no. Um, uh, <laughs> other than I think uh, um, uh, Rough Night in Jericho. Yes. Which is a hard film because I don't like watching good guys play bad guys. I do. Um, and um, but I think that Bolero, uh, Bandolero, is a is an excellent film as well. Well, but yeah. I have always liked this film. I think it's a you know we've talked about it many times how it's the uh, how it's uh, Howard Hawks's uh, answer to um, uh, Gary Cooper in uh, in um, High Noon and uh, also which he disliked to tremendously. What now? And it was also his answer to Three Ten to Yuma because he thought both of those uh, films were just too liberal. Well, he also he said that. Um, no professional lawman would go around begging for help. Right. And, um, you know, I thought to myself when Howard Hawks said that, um, you know, uh, he said, then you couldn't, you could, how could you depend on the townspeople as if they were like some sub-creature, uh, you know, non, non-human group of people? And I thought to myself, you obviously not had too many people shoot at you. <laughs> so... Um, because I think if you've had that enough, you do go around asking people for help, mm-hmm. um, or if you know who you're coming up against. And you know, uh, his voice is fabulous in this film, and his little duet with uh, 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 Ricky Nelson is still fabulous. And I, I think his portrayal as a as a guy who's you know trying to get off the bottle is um, is is really I think it's real. That portrayal of Martin as one who loves to imbibe was pretty much an act, wasn't it, Todd? 
Well, I, you know, yeah, I don't think that he was as um, drunk as we all the different times we saw him. It was apple that we cider. thought he was. It was apple yeah. cider. Yeah, it was apple cider. Um, it, sometimes it was iced tea, because um, you could tell sometimes it was different colors. Uh, the great, the great uh, show, the great uh, 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 time that he was on uh, on uh, Johnny Carson with George Gobel and Bob Hope, um, and he's smoking cigarettes and he's drinking his uh, his uh, whiskey or scotch and he's flicking his ashes into George Gobel's uh, coffee cup <laughs> and without him knowing and Gobel keeps drinking out of it and, um, and Bob Hope is there with his nine iron and he's kind of just kind of swinging it around like it's a, a baton and um, you know somewhere in the first six or seven minutes that Gobel comes on um, uh, Carson goes he looks over at Ed and says Ed when, when do you think exactly it was that I lost complete control of the show <laughs> uh, and uh, you know that's Martin is just hilarious that's one thing about Martin he had a tremendous sense of humor he was a very sweet guy I don't think he was yeah I don't think he was as as drunk as he portrayed himself to be all the time no he wasn't um, you know he he was a professional he worked a lot um, well, let and me he, interject in, this uh, you know when he was running around in Vegas with the Rat Pack and they would do the show or they would have a, a party over at one another's house or something. He would be around for a while, and he would slip off and go to bed. Yeah. He wasn't a partier. And in fact, at one time, they were having a party at his place, and everybody's over there. He slips off, he goes up there, and he calls the sheriff's department out there, and he says, hey, there's this loud party going over there at the Martin place. You guys need to shut him down. I mean, that's the kind of guy he was. Yeah, oh, he had a great sense of humor. So if, they, if he had a flaw, one of his flaws as a human being, and I don't mean to be overly critical, but his mother raised him to not embrace other people within his heart. She told him all his life as a little boy growing up, little Dino, don't love people because they'll break your heart. Yeah. That's what people do. And, well, you know, you know he... He grew up as a guy who always, however close you were to him and you thought you were really close, there was always a space between you and him. Well, let's talk a little bit about his growing up, since you mentioned it. He worked as a bootlegger, a uh, croupier. He was a steel worker. He worked yep. as a prize fighter. Uh, he, was, he was a street guy. He, uh, he worked in a... Uh, speakeasy, running yeah. the roulette table, and as a croupier, and uh, you know the underworld was his friends. Those were the that's the kids in the neighborhood. As they oh, got yeah. older, they were the hard, the hardcore, you know, bad guys. Yeah, and he knew that world. You know, it's yeah. funny. Um, it they when you, when Martin and Lewis talk about their life and in their interview, Jerry Lewis would say it was Dean. Who negotiated, you know, a lot of our deals in the in the nightclub world? Oh yeah. Because he knew those, he knew how the nightclubs were run. He knew the guys that were running them, and he knew he knew how they thought and what they wanted. And, you know, the greatest 
negotiators are people that know what the other side wants and how to not give it to them until you get what you want. And you know, that's why they had such great deals. One of the things, too, is as he, he was when he was working in one of the speakeasies as a croupier, he would hum a lot. And the guy who uh, ran the place, he had him, he said, why don't you just sing? And he, so he would sing once in a while. And eventually, uh, he started uh, working in some of the local nightclubs. And he worked for, you know, quite a while in the nightclubs as a, as a crooner. And his heroes as growing up was Crosby and um, mm-hmm. uh, Perry Como. And I can't, and I can't think of his name, but it was one of the Mills brothers. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that was the guy he copied himself the most. Was after this one Mills brother? Yeah, how he could take his voice and swoop down low in his voice, and yeah. you know, do that. You know, so, he, the way he could do it. And a lot of people don't appreciate his singing. They think Sinatra is a better singer. Yeah. But if you really, you know, if you go to people who grew up in that period of time, like my mother who was there in Vegas with him and Sinatra and my father. They both said, although always, you know, yeah, Frank's the chairman of the board and you kind of feel like he feels the song more and conveys that to you. But nobody had a better voice than, than Dean Martin. No one. Well, I, I would throw voice. in, and this is getting off the topic, but I would throw in that in the Rat Pack, Sammy Davis Jr. had the best voice of the three. Well, he's, he's definitely the most talented of the three. He yeah. was the best dancer. He was the best uh, uh, acrobat. He was the best, he might be the best actor. Uh, he was definitely the very, he has as good a voice as any of the other two. And I think it's also important he is as funny as Joey Bishop. He was also the fastest draw. Yes, he was. Of yes. anyone. Yeah. And he also, gun handling ability was unbelievably prolific. Um, and it's also important to remember that he was as good a drummer as Gene Krupa. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah he was. Well, you know? you know, speaking of fast draws and stuff, uh, that brings us back to uh, probably what I would call his first real Western, which, which wasn't a real Western. It was a comedy with Jerry Lewis partners. And Le- uh, Lewis became very, very proficient uh, with uh, drawing and spinning. Yes. Uh, Orville Jello was coaching him and uh, but and in fact that's you know that's that's a, that's a movie that was shot over here in Arizona. They shot here in Tucson up at the quarter, uh, quarter circle U Ranch up at the Superstition Mountains and then of course out at Iversons and Monogram Ranches out in California. But uh, for a comedy western I would pick it over Blazing Saddles, and I'm not a fan of Blazing Saddles. So. All right, we got to do our first commercial break. It's Movie Saturday on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts. Uh, we're talking about the uh, career of Dean Martin, and uh, we're going to do that with much more right after these very important messages. Stay tuned. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. 
That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Ann. Anderson, served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Well, I'm Hank Fergus, Marshal. So? You never heard of me? Nope. Well, I've been in California for quite a spell. Well, this is Dodge, Fergus. And gunmen with big reputations come and go a lot here. Mostly they go. This is the Voices of the West. Francis, the voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, Todd Roberts. The jazzy Western music. Spade Cooley. Spade Cooley. Of <laughs> all things. Well, you know, let's, let's go back to Rio Bravo. Rio Bravo, our topic here on Movie Saturday at the streaming live at the White Stallion Ranch. It, uh, from the White Stallion Ranch, I guess, is the I more grammatically correct. Um, uh, anyway. Nothing correct about our show. I uh, know. Uh, we're talking about Dean Martin. We'll just put that down there right there. Go ahead. Well, you know, what I wanted to say though, is, you know, is that uh, Rio Bravo was shot here at Old Tucson and at, up at Star Pass. They shot from May through July in 58. They had a budget of $1,950,000. Of that, Wayne got $750,000. Hawks, the director, only got 100000 and this is kind of this is kind of a local trivia thing for people in Tucson, but the company stayed at the Ramada Inn, which is where Wayne almost always stayed when he was here in Tucson. And the interiors for the jail, the Alamo Hotel, which was named after the Alamo movie that he was prepping at the time, and the two saloons were all out interior sets at Old Tucson. Now, here's an interesting thing on that. And I want to read some of the cast on this because this is kind of like 
a golden roster of Western. You had Angie Dickinson playing Feathers, uh, Walter Brennan as Stumpy, Ward Bond as Pat Wheeler, John Russell as Nathan Burdett, Pedro Gonzalez, Gonzalez as Carlos Robante, and Estalita Rodriguez as Consuelo, his wife. You also had Claude Akins as that dastardly Joe Burnett, and he was good. And then you had Malcolm Atterbury, who was Jack, the stage driver, and Harry Carey Jr., who was Harold, and in the credits, but they were never in the movie because they got edited out. <laughs> now, moving on, Walter Bond's great character actor was Charlie the bartender, Bob Steele, the old uh, childhood buddy of, of Wayne and a big, a big sound star, was Matt Harris, one of Burnett's gunmen. Bing Russell was the guy that uh, Joe Burnett killed in the saloon. Uh, and I love this. Joseph Shimada, the Japanese actor, played Bert, the Chinese undertaker. Uh, yeah. Moving on, moving on, Bob Terhune, a great friend of mine and a great guy, one of the toughest stuntmen that ever lived, was a bartender. Riley Hill, another good friend of mine, was Burnett's messenger. Moving on, I'm going to skip some people here. Ted White, great stuntman, was Bart. Yakima Canut was one of Burnett's gang. I think he just kind of came over to you know, check on the boys. Fred Graham uh, was one of the Burnett gang, and he was also had doubled Wayne in the earlier days in some of the black and white westerns. Uh, who we got here? Uh, Chuck Roberson, who doubled Wayne, was part of Burnett's gang. Dean Smith was part of Burnett's gang, another stuntman, and also an Olympic medalist. Myron Healy, one of the great classic heavies, one of the great classic henchmen. Yep. Uh, Joe Byrne doubled Nesson, uh, uh, excuse me, Ricky Nelson. Joe Gray doubled Dean Mart uh, Martin was a, uh, and was a card player. And, uh, you know, that's, I think sometimes we don't dig in deep enough on the cast on some of these shows because these guys are the guys that were contributing, you know, year after year, movie after movie. Day in and day out. Day the, in and the, day out. How Hollywood works. So, you know, truly works. So there are some actors and actresses who should not venture into new territory. For example, a Western. There are some actors and actresses who should not do Westerns. Is should Dean Martin be considered as one of those actors who should not have no, done Westerns? No, he definitely no. he definitely has his place in those. Let me let me do yeah. this. Let me do this. Let me just name the westerns, and that way it'll help give a balance so we can see what we're talking about. We already mentioned Real Bravo and Partners, which is not a classic western, but there was Bandolero, Five Card Stud, Four for Texas. My Friend Irma Goes West, which was definitely not a Western. Pepe, which was definitely not a Western. Rough Night at Jericho, which I considered a definitely under-the-radar under great Western. Sergeant's Three, which was a fun Western. I like it whether anybody else does. Uh, Showdown, which is, was one of his weaker ones. Uh, Something Big, which was also kind of weak. The Sons of Katie Elder, which is played forever and ever and ever, and everybody loves it. And Texas Across the River, which has you know nothing else that has the Three Stooges and Oscar Godfrey in it. <laughs> well, you know, he's got, you know, as far as prestige westerns, you know, whether you, whether you like them or dislike them, 
he's in westerns that everybody not only has seen but is still seeing because most of these are still being played sure. which is more than you can say for most of the westerns ever made okay well and i think only to 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 contra you know not not to contradict your point harry but to enforce bunker's point is that you know not a western but he was he's in the young lions with montgomery cliff and marlon brando and he holds his own completely against both of them. So those are two of the greatest actors that ever lived yes, last century, yes. in my opinion. And he's he's fabulous in that film. He reminds me a lot of my father in this in his street by sense act. Uh, 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 he was probably more himself in that film than any other film you ever see in him. He, he wasn't suave, and he wasn't. A, he wasn't the guy who understood everything and, hey, baby, you know, you want to go get a drink. In Children's Hour. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. in and Children's I, Hour, he's definitely not playing Dean Martin. This is a guy, yeah. he's a tru- He's a guy in trouble. He's a teacher. Uh, yeah. He's been, he, him and the two other teachers have been accused of very dastardly things by a student. Uh, he could handle the heavy stuff really well. Yeah. And I think that then when you get to Rio Bravo, a lot of people who are critical of Rio Bravo, I always say to them, do you understand something? Do you understand that, as Howard Hawks said, beyond what we've already mentioned, how what he thought of the film and why he made it, is that it was a lesson in patience. So when people say to me, you know, God, it's a boring film. It goes on and on and on. Oh, it's, it's a, a lesson movie. in patience. And... And that's why the song that Del Wero, uh, that they play, that, that uh, Burdett has the, the, the Mexican band play, uh, yes. that there will be no quarter uh, to uh, John Wayne and his group. El Dueño. Uh, yeah, El Dueño, that is what they played at the, the Alamo. You know, that's, uh, you know that, that film is very deep, way deeper than people give it credit for. And I would also say that... You know, he plays the, you know, and we've talked about this endless times. Rio Bravo and El Dorado and uh, Rio Lobo are the same film. And they're made, you know, John Wayne and everybody always says, well, God, how could he do that? Well, he's John Wayne. He can do whatever he wants. He's also with Howard Hawks, who could also do whatever he wants. And his character is in the second one, played by Robert Mitchum, who's also one of the greatest actors we ever had. And I don't look up and go, God, Mitchum is so much better as this character. I, in fact, I kind of, I kind of lean towards uh, Martin yeah. in that role, even though I love Mitchum, who's very funny in that role. Yeah. But you know, Martin's he's more sympathetic, it, actually. I think he is more sy- sympathetic because he's he's more vulnerable. Uh, uh, even though when they when they when James Conn creates that potion. They pour down his throat, and you know um, he basically has uh, stomach explosions for the next two days. You know <laughs> you start to feel for him. Be if you've ever had those yourself. But I tell you, I I'm a big fan, and I would also say that I agree with you, uh, Bunker. In uh, Sons of Katie Elber, it's one of my favorite favorite westerns. I I just love that film. Yeah, you know all you know when you look at these movies, all of them have a weak point for somebody uh, but the thing you know like I, one of the things like when I'm looking these shows up and stuff is I like to look at uh, the uh, 
reviews and also what people say, you know, their, their personal comments on these shows. And that's where you really, that's where you really un- start to understand uh, the film is when, you know, Joe Blow from Kokomo, you know, he's talking about, well, I saw this film at my grandma's house on TV. It was big old Sylvania TV. I'll never forget it. But he left an indelible mark, and the guy became a John Wayne fan or a Western fan. Uh, yeah, there's people that saw it and said, oh, that man. But, you know, those are the people that wouldn't have liked the movie regardless of who was in it or what it was because right. they were predisposed to some snobbish uh idea of what art yes. is supposed to be well and and bonker only to uh, totally support your point is it's always and i've said this a thousand times and i'll probably say it another thousand times is let's remember that thalberg didn't want to make gun with the wind mm-hmm. so you know let's and and he fought like hell if he hadn't have died uh, tragically at the age of 36 in 1937 i don't know that mgm would have made it yeah so um you know, the, even even the greatest film mind of all time can make a mistake. Uh, you know, there's the other thing, which is a game we used to play. Uh, I used to play it with, uh, with uh, Emil, was, you know, we'd talk about guys who were up for roles, and might, it, it was up for the part and turned it down or were turned down, and you go, yeah, but what would the movie have been if it had been? You know, it's like... You, you, you go some of these movies, and the guy who played it, and everybody remembers him, and they go, wow, that's classic, was the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth choice. Uh, and that's because all of the big guys, it was like, uh, who was it we were talking about? Uh, oh, Joel McRae. Mm-hmm. Uh, he used to get all the parts that Gary Cooper didn't want. Hmm. Right. Well, you know, you go and you think, this, you know, I love Cooper, but I, if I had to choose between 8 o'clock and a Gary Cooper movie and a Joel McRae movie, I'm going to watch the Joel McRae movie, yeah. and I love Cooper. Oh, yeah. I, I don't, you know, I, I don't argue the point, but I, I have a real thing for Cooper. Oh, yeah. But I got a thing for, you know, a real thing for, uh, definitely for Joel McRae. But, you know, it's funny, Bunker, because I have a, a, there's the strange thing about me. I have a thing for, uh, for, um, um, Trigger, Randolph Scott. Oh, you know, yes. Randolph Scott to me, when he when I watch him in a movie and he says, "Well, you know, some things a man's just got to do what he's got to do," and I go, "Wow, yeah, okay." So I'm like rooting for him, and I I do that with Joel McRae, and I do it with Gary Cooper, and of course you do it with John Wayne. But I think that's what westerns are about. Yes, is you know, I draw a line in the sand. And from this point, I shall not cross. <laughs> All right, we got to do our next commercial break. This is here. our line in the sand. <laughs> yeah. That's next right. commercial break That's right. here on Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. Uh, it's movie Saturday. We're streaming to you live from the uh, White Stallion Ranch just north of Tucson. And uh, we'll be back with much more of our topic, which is Dean Martin here on Movie Saturday, right after these important words. Stay tuned. When looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? 
What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Paul Ash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Paul Ash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, first. Contact the Paul Ash Management Company today at paulashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Paul Ash Management Company, property managers you can trust. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 ski fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting plays courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSki.com. You've got some cattle you want rustled, but don't have enough henchmen of your own to do the job. Little lady up the road apiece won't strike a deal with you about water rights. You out there! Come one step near and old Bess here will spit right in your eye. So you need to strike your own deal, but you need the right henchman to do the job. The stage is hauling a Wells Fargo box loaded with gold. You've got the perfect spot to liberate that gold, but like henchmen to pull off the job. What to do? You better start packing a handgun. Call Red a Hench. We're a bad guy rental agency. We provide you with enough scruffy henchmen to tackle any job with specific directions. Just listen to what Red a Hench users have to say. Well, you know, when I joined Red a Hench, I was trained by Bud Osborne, Charlie King, and some of the best head henches there ever was. And I'm going to guarantee you that you cannot hench without the proper henches around you. And that's just a gentle hench. When you need sheer numbers of henchmen, call us. We specialize in stage holdups, water right disputes, squatter troubles, cattle rustling, and much more. Our Rena henchmen may not be able to think their way out of a paper bag, but they sure can follow directions, and they won't sing to the law about you if they get caught. See our ad in the Saturday Evening Post or Harper's Weekly. Hey, not only that, when you're in the Long Branch and you want to go next door to Doc's to get that bullet out of your shoulder, get a Rena hench to sit there on your place and keep your whiskey warm while you're gone. Red a hench, when you need bad guys to do bad guy stuff so you can keep your hands clean. You let me do the work. I was just going to send for you, Gardner. Remember my telling you about James Wiley? You mean the troubleshooter from the East-West Stage Company? Nearly wrecked the casino last fall and you along with it? Claimed your games were crooked? Yeah, that's the one. This is the Voices of the West. back 
on, Amol Franzi's the Voices of the West. Harry Alexander Bunker to France. Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. It's movie Saturday. My games ain't crooked. They're just a little bent. <laughs> uh, from the uh, White Stallion Ranch. That's yeah. where we're at today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the rough night in Jericho. All right, let's do like that. I, I think we're having a rough afternoon here. Yes, we are. With all these we're damn flies. flies here. Boy, I'll tell you what, man. Hey, and, well, this is a ranch. You know, I bet if, if talk it, about talk about atmosphere, you know, and they if, feel it. If if we had uh, if we had some uh, small. Small line like uh, Will Rogers. Oh, we can rope them. <laughs> we can yeah, rope we get some thread. Right, <laughs> fly roping here. It's got like fly fishing. I, yeah. Well, you know, Rough Night in Jericho was done in 1967. I had the great honorable pleasure of being on that when me and Neil Summers went up there at Canab, and they shot in Canab and around the Gap. But you know, it was from a novel by Marvin Albert called The Man in Black, and it had the music was by the. And this is for Emil Don Costa. Yeah. Uh, Russell Meddy was the DP, director of photography. Uh, the cast, of course, was Dean Martin and George Papard, which I thought this was one of George Papard's. I think it was his best western as well. Uh, you had Gene Simmons, who was really good in some other things. You had John McIntyre, which was in everything. Yeah. And you had Slim Pickens in there, one of the bad guys, which also the fight between Pickens and Papard was one of the all-time great movie fights. In fact, at the time, it was a little controversial because a lot of a lot of the critics writing about the movie said this fight this fight is too, too violent. violent. Yeah, it's a fight. Hello, it's a fight. Yeah, to the death almost. <laughs> that was the whole thing. Uh, you had Don Galloway, Bud, uh, Brad Western as bad guys. Uh, John Napier was in there. Uh, Henry Wills was the stunt coordinator. Uh, it was one of Walter, Walter Scott's first uh, stunt westerns, and uh, you know it just. It was a darn good, solid, I think, old-fashioned Western. You know, it, it, I don't disagree with you, uh, 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 Bunker, but I, it's just I always look at Dean Martin as a guy who's a good guy, and, and that just bothered me that he could be such a good bad guy because yeah. he's a really good bad guy. Yes, and um, evil bad guy. Evil bad guy. And I, bad guy. And I keep waiting for George Papard to, you know, I keep, I'm standing there going, come on, let's do something, you know, stop taking it. And he keeps taking it and taking it. Um, that's and how then he finally March does, was, he, you know, he, 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 that's right. That's right. He does then finally uh, take action. Also, uncredited as a waiter in the movie is the famous Army Archer. <laughs> in the Rambling Reporter, in the, in the Hollywood Reporter, there was a uh, the first page on the inside was the rambling reporter, uh, and um, he wrote in shorthand. Um, basically, you know, he would say, "Mouse house uh, has no cheese," you know, or something. You know, saying that, that for the, that so far this year they, they don't have good profits, or you know, Ronald Reagan is moving to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. So long, you know, and uh, so on. And Army was a, just an interesting guy. He was around town all the time and so on. And, you know, it's just funny how you see certain people in these films. Um, yeah. And, and, and how they, you know, and how they have an impact on them and that the film has an impact on them. Um, the other thing, of course, about this film is, is that this town has, I mean, uh, you know, I, 
I, I know, you know, that uh, uh, as Dennis Prager, the famous conservative talk show host, says that uh, people are generally bad, but this entire town is bad. <laughs> I mean, and the ones that aren't bad are completely spineless. They're, this is just a town. It's not a town of people. It's a mob. Mm. And when they lynch the guy in the first scene, uh, you're like, whoa. And then the sheriff, because he doesn't want to get lynched as well, says, oh, well, I, I got to go. I, I, I need to go get some coffee and walks off. And, and, you know, you're like, whoa, obviously Dean Martin has a lot of more power than you're uh, 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 initially observing. And he's an ex-lawman. In fact, so is Papard in this. Yeah. It's based and a lot of course, lawmen after their post-careers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that I think that his his evilness is comparable with many other great villains. Well, you know, here's he an ranks interesting. right up there. Think about this, though, because I, because I, you know, you know, they, I, and I said it myself, you know, just this was Dean Martin's only time playing a bad guy. But if technically in uh, Bandolero, he's a bad guy. He's an outlaw. He's about to be hanged. And his brother Jimmy Stewart comes and saves his bacon, but you know they're you know the only thing that makes them ba- uh, good guys is it's like it's like it's uh, a wild bunch. These guys are you know, brutal outlaws, but because they're fighting somebody even more evil than them, they become heroes. Well, that's the thing with fight uh, with Bandolero. They become heroes because they're fighting Mexican banditos that are even worse than they are. But he's well, definitely a bad that's guy. That's true. That. But I also think that he's also fighting amongst his own gang. Oh yeah, he's, you a, know, he's, and he's a better bad guy than the other. Yeah, well, that's he's a bad Jimmy guy Stewart. with some nobility. Yeah, and Jimmy and, Stewart, you know. And he had, and he's educated enough to articulate it in such a way that you know he's slapping you in the face and you don't even know. The only one that the only one that picks up on it is Will Greer, yeah. the grandpa from the Waltons. You know, uh, when he says, uh, oh, you know, uh, hey, you know, I taught my boy well. And he's like, oh, really, did you? He goes, yeah, I taught him, uh, you know, to uh, not um, not spit in the house, uh, uh, not cuss on Sunday, and never touch his privates in front of his mother. <laughs> and, uh, you know, as if that's the standard of, 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 of making a gentleman. And, you know, Isn't it's it? funny when, uh, well... Harry. Get your hands um, off it's, your it's, privates. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Hands up on the table. Okay. Uh, so, you know, it, it, there we, and then when Jimmy Stewart comes in, Jimmy's like, D, what has happened to you? You know, like, did you remember any of the stuff mom taught, mom and dad taught us? Any of the dreams we had? Any of that? You know, in a lot of ways, the, uh, Bandolero is a, is a, is a reverse take on Winchester 73. Yes, it is. Of brothers that mm-hmm. have gone separate ways and mm-hmm. you know um, and one's come back to say I'm going to I'm I'm going to I'm going to save you by killing you, ridding the world of you because you're so evil and you're such a despot. And the other one saying I'm I'm not going to give up on you and I'm going to try to save you. Should Dean Martin and, have made more westerns I in your so. in your opinions? I think so. Yeah. I think Showdown is honestly a decent film as well. Yeah, I really do think it is, and uh, I, I think he should have. And Five Card Stud is not a bad film. It's just that it's a great you mystery know, western. Yeah, 
it, and it's a little Hollywood and the, you know a little it's too modern with the hats and the gun belts and so on but and the blue jeans that are died out but that was in response to the late 60s and early 70s and the mid 70s of you know everybody wanting to uh, let's make move western movies like the way people are dressing now uh, but I think that doesn't detract from the story or the dialogue or the quality of the acting. Mm-hmm. Showdown, as I think, is a great film because I, I don't, I, and I don't know who pushed that ball more so than anybody else. But when he and and uh, uh, Rock Hudson are pinned down between those, the crossfire of those three guys or four guys, I don't think there's any way they're getting out. How are they going to get out? But uh, they do, and I think that that talks to a. A quality film. Well, you know, that's the other thing, too. In the showdown, it's the backstory that is really the story. These are two guys that were boyhood, you know, the best of boyhood friends that did everything together. I mean, you know, they got in trouble together and they did good together. And, you know, the love of a woman comes between them, but it yeah. still doesn't, it still doesn't embitter either one to the other. Uh, it's just that the one guy won out and Martin lost out and he goes away and, and falls you know, falls off the card as far as being a good guy. But he's not a bad, bad guy. He's just a guy that's the circumstances at the time is driven him to outlawry. Okay, we got yeah. to do our final commercial break. It is Movie Saturday here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West where they're streaming to you live from the White Stallion Ranch just north of Tucson. We've got a little bit more to talk about. Uh, Dean Martin is our topic, and that'll happen right after these important messages. Stay tuned. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horse It Around Rescue. 
Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. Hi, this is Craig Morgan with a special message for all those who have served in the U.S. Army. The National Museum of the United States Army, to be built at Fort Belvoir, Virginia, will include the Soldier's Registry, an electronic record of Americans who have worn the Army uniform, recognizing their service. I've already added my story to the registry. I hope you'll add yours. To learn more and to make your story a permanent part of the National Army Museum, visit armyhistory.org. Fellas flew like a turkey. Well, they shouldn't have run. They shouldn't have run. Sing! Well, how'd you like to kiss my sister's black cat's ass? This is the Voices of the West. Abel Francie's uh, Voices of the West here on a Saturday. It's uh, We're streaming live from the White Stallion Ranch. It's movie Saturday. We do this every last Saturday of the month and uh, have a ball doing it. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts with you. You know, that's that's that. I love that clip because the line that leads into that is Walter, I mean, uh, William Holden, and this is direct Sam Peckinpah dialogue. If they move, shoot them. Yep. Yeah. Now, I'm going yeah. to throw a little curve at you here. All right. I'm going to talk about a fella, same guy, but he also worked under the name of Dean Tex Martin. Okay. And he did a whole slew of country uh, albums. The first album was Dean Tex Martin, Country Style. Then he did Dean Tex Martin Rides Again. Then he followed up with Welcome to My World, Gentle on My Mind, The Nashville uh, Sessions, that was also his last album. And then he did uh, Hurtin' Country Songs, The Country Style of Dean Martin, Rio Bravo and Eight Bonus Tracks, Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra Sing Country and Western Classics, and My Rifle, My Pony and Me, and TV Soundtracks. Dean Tex Martin. How about that? That's good. That's awful good. <laughs> Well, let's see what else have we got here. We're almost out of time. Let's see what. Oh, I want to talk about this one because this is, this is, this is the, what I call the ridiculous western. My friend Irma goes west. Uh, their first movie was My Friend Irma, and they were just they were brought in just for the comedy part. Mm. And when they did the sequel. They took over the movie, and the movie was a monster hit just because of them. And but what's neat is I wanted I kind of want to read the the cast that's not the main cast. But moving down the list, Ken Toby was a pilot in it. Kermit Maynard was man being deputized, uncredited. 
Uh, Joe Molina, who was a stuntman, uh, was an Indian, uncredited. Greg Palmer, the great Greg Palmer, was an ambulance intern, uncredited. Uh, Helen Sky Eagle was Indian woman, uncredited. Henry Wills was an extra at the excavation site. Uh, Chief Yellowhachi, oh, yes, he was uncredited. Uh, Chief Yellowhachi was Hiawatha, the Indian chief, and he was uncredited. And this was a goofy movie, but it was a monster hit, and it, it had all the Western elements that, you know, th that period, you know, the dude ranch type thing and stuff. And, yeah. Well, so. it, also, it also has Diana Lynn. Yes, who it was, is. Who was in our one of our favorite films, Track of the Cat. Yes. With oh, Robert Mitchum, and uh, also Jim one of the top Robert. top westerns uh, in, in in the opinion of George Cosmatos. Who I directed, agree. It's um, a classic, classic, classic. You know, well, and we always talk about the fact, Bunker, that it's a a black and white film shot in color. Yeah. Because there's only three colors mainly in the film: red, black, and white. It's an awesome uh, movie. You know the storyline. You know it's it's all it's it's, it's a scary it's, film. It's beyond yeah. It's beyond being a western. It's almost like a horror western, and it's yes. no, there's no horror in it. It's just tension, pure. Yes. You know. Yeah, and she's just she's so tightly wound. Yeah. She's just about ready to bust. And you know, look the at the supporting scene. cast in that too. You know it was yeah. It's just a marvelous movie. Well, very you know, well directed, very well made. You know, you, you mentioned film. earlier Five Card Stud, and I, I enjoy that movie, uh, and it's it, it's got some hokey stuff in there, you know, uh, but it's a great Western mystery. It, it's two genres in one, and they work together as 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 a single genre. Uh, and Robert Mitchum, as you know, he's he's almost like Night of the Hunter again. You know, he's yeah. You know, he's and he and Mitchum does those kind of parts better than anybody. Well, he's possessed to get this cat. Yeah, and, and he's you, gonna. You know that he's gonna get it. And you know, or it's he, gonna get him. Yeah, and then maybe we can explain just for a lot of folks who maybe not be familiar with the premise of the movie is these uh, six guys get together all the time and play poker. Well, this one guy who's kind of new to the game, they catch him cheating. And they decide to hang him. Dean Martin tries to stop him, and he's, they knock him unconscious and go out and lynch him. And then these guys start mysteriously dying off one after another. And uh, Roddy McDowell is kind of the ringleader of that. And a lot of people, you know, they kind of scoffed at McDowell, and they said, you know, he, he doesn't belong in a Western. And you have to overcome your pre thoughts of McDowell because he actually does a very competent job of making playing a very unlikable unlikable guy and making him even more unlikable. So well it is our, our beloved founder who said many times <clears throat> I love it when I come across a Western where there's a guy with an English or an Irish accent or a German <laughs> accent because that makes it more real. Yes. Uh, what do you call the pioneers? They're immigrants right. fresh off the boat. Yeah. They still had their accents. Yeah. They Some didn't, of them didn't I, even I, have I, English. Emil and I laugh so many times. He goes, how many Westerns have you seen where everybody's walking around and they're talking country? Yeah. Mm. He goes, they're out west. They're not, you know, it's not Alabama. Right. Hey, how you doing? You so, know, and it's it's a little bit cliche. It's, it's the gun smoke dialogue yeah. which we all love. So the bottom line is that uh, uh, if you find a Dean Martin Western, watch it. 
because it'll be back, good. Yes. Kick back, get you a shot of booze like Dean would have, and put your feet up and watch it and laugh. All Enjoy. right. Yeah. Next time we get together, uh, which will be the 4th of September, our guest is Kellen Cutsforth. We welcome him back. Uh-huh. And uh, he's got a new book out. Buffalo Bill and the beginning of the, was the first American celebrity. Celebrity, yeah. yeah. And it's a it's a fun book to read, and it's got tons of information in there. So Easy yeah. read. Very so easy. Kellen will be our guest uh, next time we get together here on Amal Francie's Voices of the West. Until then, thank you so much for uh, joining us. We really, really appreciate it. I see 78, <laughs> a 79, and 80 L's, amigo. So long, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. 